you can still find this website. It's amazing. It's called Rent a Minority. Oh, right? Lord. <laughs> Wait, <Seriously. time. laughs> I'm Googling this right uh, now. I'm no, like, hold on. Google it. Google it. You keep Honestly, talking. We're both real. furiously it's looking real. for this. That's what? literally what it's called. Rentaminority.com. <laughs> We're going to link this in the group, y'all. Hey, y'all. What's up? Welcome to episode 44 of That's Not How That Works. Today on the show, we have a special guest, Daniel Holly. He is a friend of the show. We're excited to have him on. And he's here to talk to us about social cohesion and what that means within the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you're a fan of the show, make sure you join us in the Facebook group to continue the conversation. Enjoy the show. Hey y'all. Hello friends. What's up? Welcome to, I don't even remember what episode this is. 44, yes, like is Obama it? 44. 44. The reason I don't know what episode it is is because we have batched a few episodes. We've recorded a series of episodes in the last week. And right. so, um, just track. I'll be honest, the only reason I remember is because when we recorded the last one, I was like, ooh, the next one is Obama 44. <laughs> Legit the only reason. Anyways. We have a really dope guest on with us. We do. Very excited to have Daniel Holly on. So y'all may have, if you follow Trudy and I, y'all may have heard Dan's name before. We've both been on his show with Joey, who was episode 30 and 31. Um, I hate to reduce people, but that's where you can find Joey. Who was on episode. Who was on episode. For me, they are the episode. Know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, so yeah, so he is one of the Purpose Roundtable hosts. He is a coach, an educator. I'm just going to let him talk about himself because he does it really well. Daniel, Holly, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so um, indeed, yeah. So, I am a KDD coach and educator and consultant as well. Uh, primarily for businesses, although I have recently entered the educational area, which I'm very proud of. And it's uh, really in the areas of social cohesion, which everyone would be more familiar with, uh, aka diversity and inclusion. But I wanted to switch it up and change it because I started to address really the language of diversity and inclusion. And the more I started talking to HR managers and companies and people on the street as well, just people out there, I, I just heard it in them that it was all intent and none of the appropriate action. Mm. So it was very much the part of that crowd who like, oh, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. And, you know, I love everyone and you know, we're just tolerance everywhere and da, da, da. And I just, something didn't fit right. And it actually started when um, I, I was about maybe a year into kind of training as a coach. And I started to notice that even the language in coaching itself was pretty problematic and the attitudes and so yeah. on. The, the very idea, the moment you started to talk about any kind of marginalized group, any subculture, apparently it meant that we were talking about victimhood. It, it was translated into victimhood. And I was just like, wow, okay, so apparently we can't talk about race because the moment we bring in race into it, people think that I'm trying to be a victim here. But no, right. I'm just trying to have a conversation. Right. Uh, and that's where social cohesion was born. And that's where it came about. Um, I don't actually, but I will say now, I will say now that it's not my term. I didn't design it. It's not mine. It was actually a term that was used in psychology to test the teamwork ability of, of a group of people. And also it was 
collected by a woman back in the 70s and was used as a political movement to give advantage or at least give opportunity to lower class working people so that there was again a, a more of an equal playing field and it did ask questions like are we are we really allowing them to be at their best are we giving them the real opportunities and actually seeing them where they're at as opposed to just assuming that if everyone just works hard the meritocracy you know is all we need and and so i really i really latched onto that cuz i was like diversity and inclusion again the intentions there it's great but unfortunately what i'm seeing is that what it does is it ticks boxes i don't know if you've seen this now um it's come into a place where there's a TEDx talk, I believe it is, by a Canadian woman who talks about diversity and inclusion in the workplace. And you can still find this website. It's amazing. It's called Rent a Minority. Oh, right? Lord. <laughs> Wait, <Seriously. time. laughs> I'm Googling this right uh, now. I'm like, no, hold Google on. It. Google it. You keep Honestly, talking. We're both real. furiously it's looking real. for this. That's what? literally what it's called, rentaminority.com. <laughs> this is real. kidding. It's a this real We're going to link this in the group, y'all. No, seriously. So, no. so it's a it's real website. It's up. <laughs> Hire a minority. Sign up as a minority. Minority report. Oh, get ethics with our ethnics. <gasps> <laughs> now, now, wait. Hang on. Before y'all get outraged, here, pause. Pause. Take a breath. Because this website, breathe. this website was designed to make a mockery of the diversity and inclusion okay. culture. It's clearly what it is. Yeah, it, it, you have to look you, at this. It's hilarious. Yeah. When okay, you look at it close okay, enough, I you start it to see that it's taking the place. Smiling Muslim woman, cheerful yeah. woman of color, ethnic. Yeah. Okay, because when you first just go to the main page, it looks mm -hmm. very serious. <laughs> and here's the beautiful thing, right? It looks like it's real. It it looks real. So in the talk. She actually says that while it's a joke page, thousands of applicants apply to this company to be a minority to be hired. Number two, a large group of large companies that she couldn't name also contacted her to ask about their services. So she could have actually made legitimate money from this site. Man. And if that doesn't tell you about the climate that we're working with, with diversity and inclusion, then I don't know what does. It's, it's a clear filling the checkbox, filling the quota, making sure that we got one black, one gay, one by, you know what I mean? Like that's it, just to make sure that we're, we're about it, just to get the bare minimum in. And that's what diversity inclusion speaks to me. I, I really need everyone to go to this site because literally like you start scrolling, you're like, oh my God, this is real. And then you mm. get to halfway through and it's very mm. clearly like, uh, like gags on you, right? They have like yeah. intellectual black guy, smiling Muslim woman, <laughs> cheerful woman of color, ethically and like, ambiguous. Referrals and the, from and the, like Fox yeah. and Donald Trump. And the <laughs> testimonials are hilarious from Beryl Streep, right? Seeing as we're all Africans, really, can I join? So it's like halfway right. through, you're like, that's why at first I was shocked because I just saw the, the top. Oh my God. Like, oh mm -hmm. my God. Then I kept reading, okay, clearly this is a joke. Not a joke, but it's like, it's supposed to be satirical. Mm -hmm. So this then I have this moment of these companies at no point were like, like <laughs> you had that little of an equity lens that you're like, oh, gags on me. Mm -hmm. This isn't real. Yeah. Wow. Like that, now, okay. But let's take let's take all the steps back though, because yeah. now my brain is not. <laughs> I know, I know. So, so wait, wait. First, <laughs> I want to be. I want to make sure because we do this. We try to make sure we do this with everyone. Dan, can yeah, you please. share your social identity? Yeah, yep. the podcast people can't see. People you. can't see you. Oh, so, excuse me. Okay, okay. So 
You're talking about like the way I look and how I am yeah. and you know, all the bits. You're identifying yeah, the boxes identified. that you check. Okay, no, that's cool. So I'm, um, I'm a cis straight male. I'm um, six four, a mixed race, half Jamaican, half British. That uh, British white, so you know. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Because actually, I'm I don't I don't do that very often. So please tell me if there's anything I'm missing from that list. No, I mean that was all the things. And for those that are cool. new to us, um, cis just means that he was born. The gender he was assigned with at birth is the one that he currently identifies with. Indeed. So yeah. that that I know is a term that it's starting to become more popular, but some people still hear it and just they're like, oh, just in case. <laughs> Yeah. So no, those are all the things. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let's take a couple steps back. Yeah. As y'all can see, this is the, the conversation we're about to have and Dan's <laughs> lovely intro is exactly why he was the right person to bring on for this conversation. So we always talk about, y'all will hear us say this all the time, words mean things. And even the use of language and the definitions that we use and right the way that they are popularized can very much be impacted by right supremacist or colonial imperialist culture so before we talk about social cohesion because i think conceptually right all of it is so amazing and the way that you're championing it is phenomenal Thank we got to talk about the problem yeah 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 for sure so fundamentally like and dan we've we've had this conversation separately but mm -hmm. in the states right oh also to be clear dan is in the uk I am indeed Birmingham, UK. So just in case there are certain like important <laughs> cultural things that yeah, our American yeah, listeners absolutely. are like, wait, what? Absolutely. No, or maybe we have a lot of actually global international listeners that yeah. might yeah, be yeah, like, oh, sure. wait, this is, yes, like that's their experience. So that's important mm -hmm. to know. But yeah. here in the States, you know, Trudy and I will say like diversity, equity, inclusion, mm -hmm. not because we are like totally on board with the language, but because we don't have language here to indicate anything else. Mm -hmm. So maybe let's take a minute and talk about why those words. So we have like the big words are diversity, inclusion, and tolerance are the three ones <laughs> that <laughs> tolerance. So let's, I think that's like a great jumping off point, but let's talk about really why fundamentally that language in itself, in and of itself, and the way that it's used is, is very indicative of of the, you know, the systemic issues. Mm -hmm. So it, it started with my awareness being brought to the fact that diversity, when, when it became an agenda, it was clearly targeted at basically anyone who wasn't the norm and particularly in Western world, basically anyone who wasn't white. And you, you could almost, you could almost take actually the, the kind of bigoted white people out there who are arguing against diversity as like the death of whiteness and all this stuff, like white genocide, as a kind of signal that, yeah, diversity is basically all about otherness. That's it. Mm. That's what diversity represents. Diversity is bringing anyone who isn't white, straight or male. And even when I looked at reports, when I looked at statistics and data that was talking about, you know, the, the impact of diversity inclusion in the workplace, it was all talking about bringing women in, bringing black people in, bringing brown people in, bringing gay people in. But it was never, it was never actually inclusive of, you know, white, straight, male. It was never inclusive of that. And actually, I will, I will say that there might be some things, I, I'm relatively familiar with your listeners, particularly in how they responded to the Joey episode, for sure. Um, <laughs> so there are some things, no, there are honestly some things that I might say that I would, I would love for your listeners to call me out on and you know, really, really dig at me for because. Oh, we got you. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, trust. Yeah, for they sure, they for sure. will. Shit, because we I, might. Yeah. 
because there there is a message in here that I know has some some difficult points for everyone. Um, but yeah, so so diversity basically about otherness. And for me, when I looked at myself, I was like, so that makes me other. And I I'm I'm one of the more privileged people in this country, and yet I'm still I would still be on a checkbox for a company to hire them to make sure they had a person of color in their business. And also, it's massively patronizing. Because basically, it means never mind what you're good at, never mind your talent, never mind your skills, never mind your education. You're brown, you're in, great, cool. That's it. And I, I remember I actually experienced this at college. It just, I just had a flashback just now. Uh, <laughs> bam! And, um, uh, and I, was, I was only in a, in a school production, in a college production, because I was black. They just had to check. They had me audition. They, they just asked me to sing one line. And I sung it and they were like, cool. And then the, the director actually came to me and said, listen, we just, we just needed you because you were black. And I was like, okay. But this is actually, the, um, do you know what? This is kind of the underlying message of what's happening in business, in companies at the moment. And unfortunately in socialized. So I grew up predominantly around white people myself and I was the black friend. I was the friend I noticed that would be the person that my white friends could be like, oh, I can't be racist. I've got a white, you know, I've got a black friend. Dan's here. Dan, big <laughs> right. black Dan. My best so, friend is black. Yeah, yeah. And this, this includes, of course, homosexuality. This includes gender. Mm -hmm. This includes the whole thing. You know, I can't be this or we are about it because look at who we have in our cohort. Even Tony Robbins himself said it in that Me Too video. How can I, you know, I've got 70 women in my office. He didn't say what those women did in his office. He didn't say right. what status they had. He just said, I've got 70 women. So obviously, you know, you can't call me in anything. And, and you've got it, a mom too, bro, but uh, <laughs> you know let's I mean? talk about exactly. that. So, so um, oh. diversity to me, it was just like, right, so all this does is continue this narrative that basically, oh, it, it's like this, oh, okay, yeah, let's, let's help out everyone who is oppressed. Let's help out all of the marginalized people. Let's help <gasps> them out. And I was just like, mm. And then when you tie inclusion into that, for inclusion to be a thing, right, you have to have something established. You have to have a thing there ready to go and what's again is is hard to deny is that the way that companies operate the way that business operates is still governed by white men predominantly right yes. and so to have an inclusive space right you you actually would then go right we've got this thing established this is what we do and we're including you in it that doesn't necessarily yes yeah 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 exactly you're yeah. welcome so diversity you're welcome for becoming part of what we've established mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily say that we're going to adapt to having you in we're going to change our processes or culture or attitude for having you in because we're including you in this and along with that patronizing undertone it's basically saying you will join us because apparently you want to so here you go but we're not actually gonna make you feel safe. We're not gonna help you be at your best. We're not necessarily gonna give you that total freedom of expression to be at your best in this business because we're including you in what we're doing. That's what I saw in the whole diversity. And that's actually what I see in what businesses are doing because all they're doing is hiring people of color, uh, non-straights and women and all other genders just so they can go, oh, we've met our quota, so we can sign that off, boom, let's continue business as usual. Now, this is, I don't know whether we want to continue with the problem because this, the, this is really the turning point for me into why it's actually really important that we change our language and mentality around this thing. And I'm actually gonna speak from perspective of the company, but go on, go on. Yeah, so I just, I just wanna take a quick pause because I think you said 
a lot of really important things that for, you know, Trudy and I were just like, oh yeah, but I want to make sure that, that it, some of the things you said didn't get lost. And I also just want to, I'm going to put it in a framework. So Trudy, why don't we put it in a framework that our listeners already understand? So diversity, <clears throat> and as Dan described, is one, it's, it's performative, right? So the mm-hmm. idea conceptually yeah. of diversity would be like the allyship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it's like corporate allyship. Um, it's the process of tokenizing and othering. Absolutely. And it's about numbers. I think that I think that's the thing that that standing out. We've said this before. Like diversity is about how many numbers of different people can <laughs> we count right. and like put in a space. And like, are there enough of them? Like, are right. we diverse enough? It's all about mm-hmm. numbers and counting. Yeah. Right. Like on paper, how mm-hmm. do yeah. we aesthetically exactly. on the front of the brochure? How do we look, right? And so that's why it's performative. Mm -hmm. Inclusion is very much, first of all, it screams white centering. Yep. Because you're not looking at restructuring anything, like you said, to create safe spaces or to create, you know, equitable spaces or spaces that are truly, um, it's hard, right? Because we, like, inclusive means two things, right? We use it as, like, inclusion, which is a problem, but the word to literally include all experiences. So you're not creating a space where all experiences can feel, you know, free and liberated and expressed Mm -hmm. to like not use that word. So it's still Mm -hmm. very much white centering. Mm -hmm. Um, It, it, to me, it also reeks of like white savior complex. (laughs) I mean, maybe we can get into that later, but I'm just like, you know, companies that are like, we're inclusive. Mm. Look, Brown and black people. We hired Mm. you. Like we went to HBCUs, Facebook, Facebook, mm. I like, so y'all know I'm in the Bay. Facebook isn't my, Facebook, Apple, Pandora, Uber, all these companies are in our backyard. And like, that's what they do. They're like, oh, we got called out. Like, I, we went to all the HBCUs and we let them know that we were hiring. HBCUs yeah. are historically black colleges and universities. Those are mm-hmm. um, right? And so it's like, okay, again, mm-hmm. that doesn't change the structural issue. You are not changing the fact that there's an actual pipeline issue exactly. or like any of the other, no. like, reasons that black and brown bodies are not found in tech mm-hmm. you're just saying like we did a thing we saved you we let you know that you could come here and make 60k mm. right exactly or, well no that would actually only yeah be- and it's and it's this thing that like we're we're doing this thing already and we're nice enough to let you in <laughs> like yeah this is exactly how yeah, yeah 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 so you're not going to do the work to change anything about right how you operate right it's just like i mean i guess i'll leave the door unlocked we'll include you yeah sure. you can yeah be here. and it, it is that thing as well there's a, there's also an, an ignorance around it that goes come we'll, we'll include you in because this can also be a facet of it come and win like us come and earn like us but of course that is ignorant of the fact that they might be earning because of because of their privilege mm-hmm. right and right. so they'll be including people into that space uh not paying attention to the fact that they might be in the space they're in because of their privilege and just assuming again down to meritocracy alone that these people will succeed and it'll be fine. Right. So there's so many, there's so many different things behind it that make it actually, unfortunately, again, great intention, terrible execution. Right. And so what this reminds me of, you just got so excited. Because we had a call, like one of our recent calls, we were talking about this, you know, just this like, one of the staples of like diversity and inclusion work become these like committees that their job is to like throw yeah. multicultural parties. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, this is, this is real. Uh, this is, this is a Bay area company that literally is like, 
I mean, it's a many company. Mm -hmm. Right. But when I want to make it clear that when you're like, we had a call, like, it's not like we were talking about this theoretically. Like we were literally working through. Yeah. Yeah. We were coaching. This is, we were coaching. This is a very, like, this happens everywhere, Mm. but right. And so the, you know, perfect example of this is also in our podcast group, somebody posted and they were like, this is, there was a party for Cinco de Mayo and it was like, oh, Lord. right. And there was like the flyers, whatever. It was like all of the caricature, caricaturizations. Oh, that was a lot. Nice. Of, <laughs> thank you. Um, of like, you know, quote unquote Mexican culture. So like the sombrero and the, and the mustache and the poncho yeah. and like all the things. And someone was like, this just doesn't feel right. No. And it's like, that is, the, if you had an equity lens at a company, your diversity and inclusion committee would not be just throwing a, a bash for also an American made up holiday, think Ohio, mm-hmm. right? To then characterize an entire culture and like people in the way that you see them. Because if you had the equity lens, you 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 wouldn't have thrown the party to begin with. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the things. Right. But, but it's but not in the name of inclusion. Inclusion, right? like, exactly. All these things, and like, it's like, no, look, we gave you a party. We no, we acknowledged it. <laughs> last minute, you know, the last minute Black History Month celebration. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's February 29th. You guys don't want to do it today? <laughs> <laughs> the Hispanic Heritage Month. Right. You know, like the one, the one picture on the wall or, you know, whatever. It's, it's these... Uh, these symbolic gestures of inclusion. Right. And so, Dan, when I hear you talk about social cohesion and, like, you know, this the theory of social cohesion, mm-hmm. but what I really hear you talking about is, I think, is what the core outcome of diversity, inclusion, and equity work is. I feel mm-hmm. like social cohesion is actually what we're trying to get to. Yeah. Right? Um, and so what you're talking about is, like, let's just cut the crap that happens before like all of mm. the you know let's take these words out and really talk about like name what we're trying to yeah yeah for sure well absolutely it is um and i i this is where perhaps it may get i don't know i don't know it may get a little bit controversial but but the difference is as well because it's social cohesion not diversity and inclusion as you know as we've established it does include everyone there is no one missed out here and the the power of what social cohesion Wants to, wants to really put forward is that actually, if you have a mixed group of people work as a team, and the studies have been done, tests have been done, hundreds of companies all around the world, the, the, most, uh, like the most diverse team, if you like, the, the team with the most mixed group of people actually outperforms every single time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every single time. They, they, they win. They just produce better stuff. Okay, yeah, do you know what? They might have more friction. There might be greater risk for disagreement. There might be greater risk for argument. There might be greater risk for not, not serious conflict per se, but you get what I'm, what I'm saying. Sure. But the end result is better. The companies that have a greater mix of people in their business actually perform, what was it? Uh, financially, they perform 35% better than the companies that have homogenous teams. Now, the fact that this information isn't widespread is strange to me, although I could take a stab at why people maybe don't want to know that because it would mean that they'd have to have a whole restructure of everything they believe and everything they've ever done, right? Um, but that, that's honestly it. And I've translated this. When I've done this, when I've produced this material to companies, I've said this relates to your personal life as well. You know, if you want to have a happier life, if you want to have maybe even a wealthier life, Literally, look at the people. Is your group of people around you homogenous? Are they all the same? 
are they all one batch? Is that it? Or are you literally looking at different people that you can, people who are not like you, but share values, share ideas, right? So it is important to point that out. I really, want to, I really want to make that clear. Like imagine any business you're in, or even imagine your salary, if you like, literally having 35% more. And all you have to do is socialize and spend time with different people. All I have to do is humanize my coworkers and I can oh make 35% right? more. That's it's again, y'all know like language is important and we'll always say like, what I don't want people to do right now is go to like, I don't even know, you know, which I, cause I'm fairly sure social cohesion is not in like Miriam, because it is a true so like sociological psychological yeah. term. Mm -hmm. But I, what I don't want to be lost in this is one, it's not just like the words social cohesion right? Mm -hmm. Because it is a sociological term, it takes into account the way that human beings engage with each other. Exactly. So yes, while at its fundamental core, we are saying, right? So theoretically, the ideology says we would like a society where all human members are like working together to be cohesive. Yeah, yes, exactly. that is the like word for word definition. But what is mm -hmm. not included a lot of times in clear cut, right definitions like and we'll say this with racism if you go to the dictionary there is there's no conversation in the dictionary about the ideological reality and necessity of power right mm -hmm. so this is the same thing so in social cohesion you have that basic definition but and dan this is like totally your lane so okay. correct me if i'm wrong or add on but from what i remember from sociology when i, when I got those degrees and like just you know obviously continues doing my continued education is that there's also the fundamental, like at the foundation of the ideology is the idea and, and is the necessity for fighting exclusivity, right? And promoting trust. So we'll use marginalization because that's a word we use here all the time. So it's really the, the ideology behind social cohesion is to eradicate marginalization. Indeed. Right? And literally like to create trust. And so I think that's that portion is also really important because we've talked about this on almost every episode. It'll come up that, right, people of color, people who hold marginalized identities do not inherently trust white people because we don't know what side of whiteness yeah, exactly. they're on. Are you a white person or are you a person who happens to be white? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is something that's really important because it, that, to my knowledge, social cohesion is the only kind of like sociological framework for eradicating inequities that does may like have that that caveat of right the promotion of trust in the yeah. process of yeah. eradicating marginalization and i think that's super important yeah and actually thank you because that is that is it it is indeed trust in every direction as well and right. uh, not just being able to you know trust that when you hire someone or when you meet someone new that they're that they're going to you know do the job or be a decent person but also it works the other way around as well and and i i i want to say a lot of it comes back to seeing an individual humanizing a person and really getting to know them there was a wonderful twitter thread i saw about a woman in stem she's quite high up and she is an employer and how she talks about some of the ridiculous hiring processes that people have put through to get their job when actually what she does is she goes out to meetups and actually meets people face to face and gets to know them to find out their person. And then of course their skills can come after because if you have people who work together well, then in a way that controversially their skill set isn't as important. You get their skills, but actually if they can't work with a team, then actually their skills become kind of 
a, a problem in itself because it's like well they can't work together so yeah promoting trust is is a massive part of it there is a there is a framework that i have um that i put beneath it because i'm gonna go i'm gonna go big with this with social cohesion and what i envision for it because I, we've been talking about businesses primarily and that's where i really want to want to start because honestly that's that's one that's honestly where the money is and i feel like businesses not not for me per se but actually it's because Another thing is that people might not take on diversity and inclusion quite so strongly because it may not actually, well, to them, to them, it doesn't affect their bottom line. Oh, we hear this all the time. It doesn't affect yeah. their bottom oh, line. They don't uh, care. Yeah, all like, the time. What, what a, it doesn't matter. So right. why should I care? It doesn't do, I'm doing well without doing well. Yeah. diversity and inclusion. So why should I bother? Right. And so I want to go to businesses first with this message of, okay, this actually does affect your bottom line. And this is why. This really does, and this is why. And this is why it's important to, uh, to humanize every single member of staff you have to ensure that they feel as comfortable as they can to perform their best. Yeah. And, and again, there's, there's other factors you can bring into it. Um, when, I, when I, again, looked up the, did the research, which was actually, I'm not going to lie, quite shallow, very easy, <laughs> is when you, really, no, it is, because it makes sense. When you have a group of people who are different, but get along, it's kind of like what can happen in your life when you simply learn another language, right? What can happen in your life when you understand another culture? What can happen in your life when you, when you learn a different story from a different perspective? Your soul gets filled and fed with a whole new way the world looks. And that can work wonders in how you then operate, how you can make more friends, more networks, maybe more business relationships, which again gives that opportunity for greater financial return and greater happiness, greater well-being, and so on and so on and so on. This, this information is so readily available. And again, I just find it so disappointing that so many people haven't quite, haven't quite got to that little part yet. Yeah. <laughs> I you know what strikes yeah, me? You know? What strikes me about oh, listening to this and like thinking about social cohesion, because all the things that you're saying are absolutely true. And there's also this element, there's this kind of like element about these very common sayings that we have, like, that you know, until no one's free until we're all free, all free. Right? Mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. like right, it's it's this. That's what social cohesion is about. It's this yeah. idea that we cannot all we we have to be in a place where we can all do well together, or indeed, no one is going no one is going to do well. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Um, and like the the I feel like this the potential for this if if folks could really understand how. The, you know, the diversity and equity work kind of tie into this, but also like mm -hmm. politics and environmental uh, issues and, uh -huh. you know, educational issue, like mm -hmm. all of the things, mm -hmm. all of the things mm -hmm. that, that different people, you know, causes that people take on. Seriously. Can apply, you know, you could apply this kind of social cohesion theory to lens to your cause, the cause that resonates with you, your social area, you know. Mm. Um, and you can start to see how all of these things are really interconnected. It, uh -huh. Absolutely. And so if you're taking on an issue like education or environment or business or whatever, and you're leaving out the part about how we all work together, you're probably doing a shitty job. You're not doing it right. That's literally not how that works. Like, like, that is, that's not exactly. how that works. That's not right? how that works. No, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's really important to note, right? So like as as you're talking, Dan, about like the individual and the things that like they can personally gain from a social cohesion model. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm it's so it's one of those things where like the language might all be different, but fundamentally, like everyone that really does this work and as far as I'm concerned, does it 
in a way, like even though Trudy and I use different language, like we still yeah. are following the social cohesion model, right? The mm -hmm. idea of it, mm -hmm. because our goal, like this is why we coach coaches. This mm -hmm. is why we work with individuals. This is why we work with individual white people, because mm -hmm. if you can ex like, you know, expose one person to other realities, right? Teach them another language, yeah. give them access to another culture, that it is at that moment that that person then can evolve or change or have their perspective altered and really start to like, it's a growth edge, right? That exposure creates the growth edge, which then requires personal development, evolution, doing the work yeah. so that they can get to a point where then they're exactly doing that, right? Like bringing other people into the fold, engaging with everyone else around them differently mm -hmm. because they've done the work. But they also, and this is why personal development is so important, right? Like mm -hmm. it does exactly what you said. It feeds you. It creates like this, this version of yourself that can go out into the world mm -hmm. and can give and take in a really equitable way yeah. with this social cohesion lens. Yeah. So I think, I mean, obviously business is very important because I, like, I will always say, like, if you can convince a business that equity makes sense, C-E-N-T-S, you can get them to do anything, right? Even if it's for a really quote unquote shallow reason, like, oh, we can make 35% more dollars, mm -hmm. right? Like they'll do it. But I think like, I would kind of like, like to let's veer into the coaching world, you know, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not only because it made me smile a little bit in my soul that you said a year ago, you started to look at this work and how it was being done in the coaching world. And then you happened to like, you started listening to our podcast, which yeah. makes me feel like, first of all, we've been around that long, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Uh -huh. um, so sorry. I'm going to brag on us for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also I think that that like, that is very telling, right? So if mm. you are a person that's like, Oh, I see this large problem in society mm. and I'm, you know, I'm trying to use the entry point of businesses first for all the reasons you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And yet you still were very driven by the reality that there is a massive problem in the coaching industry in the way that mm -hmm. conversations are had, the way that language is used, so on and so forth. So yeah, what were you seeing that really kind of informed your deep dive into the social cohesion world? Yeah, okay. Um, I, think, I think it was drip dropped from, again, bringing up race about and uh, in things and so on. And to, oh, I, do you know what? Okay, I don't know how much time I got left because there are two stories you're good. Uh, we can always edit things out. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So you just cut this whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs> first one, first one was a coach. And I, I actually do want to, I do want to stress um, before I say this, that I do want to continue practicing the element of support of that individual because I actually don't know what they're doing now. So bear in mind, this was a while ago. Don't know what they're doing now. I hope that, you know, things have changed and they're doing great. But um, at that time, at that time, um, they were a masculinity coach. And I went to an event and I, I Weezy, you know, I have, I have a thing, right? With femininity and masculinity. That's a whole other thing, but I, I have a thing with it. But you know, I was gonna challenge myself and I was like, you know what? Maybe it's because I don't understand it. Maybe it's because I literally don't understand it. So I'm gonna go and learn up about it. And again, this guy is a friend of mine at the time. He was a masculinity coach and he was running an event. So I went to this event. And it, the event was called How to Avoid Emasculating Your Man. And it was a room full of women. Now, I took my girlfriend at the time with me because she was very strong on this masculine feminine thing. She said, no, 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 there's absolute validity. You'll say, and I was like, okay, fine. Now, things that were said at this event, 
Um, oh, help me go. Don't talk to your man until he sat down in front of the TV because he's still in work mode when he walks through the door. He's still wearing his work outfit. He's still, he's still wearing his shoes and he won't be out of work until he sat down in front of the television. Don't talk to him. He's in single focus because men can't multitask. So he's in single focus. Don't talk to your man while he's driving because again, he's in single focus. And that one was not, my favorite. Don't, no, honestly, this is real, Trudy, this is real. Don't talk to your man while he's, while he's driving because he's in single focus. And bear in mind, he, didn't, he never used multitasking as a term. Single focus was supposed to be a powerful element of masculinity that he was defining at this point. Um, and yeah, don't talk to him then because he won't be listening. He'll just hear his noise in the background. And then he went on to actually talk about male, or, or sorry, sexuality and masculinity and how there's the grand desire for, for, for masculinity to want to take. And this is where it got really, mm. so again, masculinity wants to take. That's the desire of it. They're hunters. So if they want something, they will go and hunt for it and take it. Interestingly, of course, a lady in the audience, thankfully, did actually question, you know, the elements of rape and sexual assault. I was going to say, and, that sounds a lot like assault. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, he didn't have an answer for it. Um, of course we, he didn't. No, right. but, but I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I was grateful that he didn't because he could have really oh, dug yeah. himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He could yeah. have lost every woman in that room. And he could Maybe have caused a lot of harm. Yeah. But he went into that as well. And I was literally sat there. And actually, we left that event. And even my girlfriend left going, no, nah, that's a load of bullshit. <laughs> I was like, okay, right. So that was the first instance. Oh. And I was like, and this, this guy, and I'm, I'm sorry, this is so mean of me, but I've just got, this guy's now going on the lines of a Tony Robbins trainer. I just, mm. but peace and love, <laughs> whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Peace love, man. Like, it's been know, building up to me for the you last You go week. get it, guy. You go get it. Um, the second time, Oh, I just thought of another one. That's micro. The second time is when I was a friend, a beautiful friend of mine. I actually want to give a shout out, Angelina Lewis, who is a magnificent coach and therapist, magnificent woman. And what up, Angelina? And Angelina Lewis. Uh, she's big. And um, she, was, she put up a post about microaggressions and about how, because she, she works in women who are empowering themselves after going through domestic um, violence and relationships. And she put up a post about um, microaggressions or compliments that are actually not compliments. And she is a black woman, so naturally she has curly hair, but on a particular day, she had on straight hair. And um, she saw a colleague of hers who sees her every other day with curly hair and on his day with straight hair, he's happened to say, oh, I really love your hair that way. You know, you should do it more often. And she did a post saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I just want to point out this, this instance made me think of compliments that are not, and I wanted to share this information with you so that you are aware that not all compliments are compliments. Exactly. <laughs> then the thread went, the thread went wild and everyone was commenting and so on and so forth. And this one woman, this, this was it, I think, this really tipped me off. Um, this one woman, this white woman responded saying, I don't understand what the issue is here. What's the problem? Angelina came back and responded, just explaining like total, as plain English as she could, exactly what the issue was. And, you know, long, long comment. White woman responded going, I don't let that bother me that much. And I literally, I was, I was gonna, I was sort of like smash my keyboard on the desk. Cause it, and, and this is, no, this isn't it. This isn't the part where I want to smash my keyboard on my desk. I was like, this woman looks like she's, she's got the profile picture of a coach. I'm going to find out this woman's a coach. Cause coaching, 90% of coaching is listening. So I was like, is she a coach? I went to her page, her cover photo, her cover photo is a picture of her in Africa, Surrounded oh, by a bunch, 
of, of, of brown kids. And I literally, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I'm fed up with this. I'm so done with this. Like, so I really, to be clear for those that so might not be done with this. I was like, no. Communal rage that is occurring right now. <laughs> the, the white person mm. in Africa mm-hmm. standing with all of the you know, indigenous African babies mm-hmm. is the literally, it is the pictorial e- equivalent to, I don't see color. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a racist. It is Aww. It is very telling. It's like the, I have a white savior complex. I haven't done any of my work. Mm-hmm. I am actually very harmful, but I think that I'm not because I have mixed children in my family. Like that is this person. It is the missionary. It is the savior. There's a joke in the Bay, especially, mm. that whenever you see a dude on a dating site with that picture, mm. you automatically know he's like a fake woke <laughs> you know what I mean? Like super fake woke, highly problematic, hasn't done any of his work because if you had done your work, you would understand why that in and of itself was a problem. A problem. Mm. And we're not saying don't go and do like work places and volunteer time. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 no. You know, definitely like, do that. Saying, but do but definitely rating. Per- yeah, no, that's not like right. Like you're per- you're you're tokenizing, you're the othering. Cover photo, man. Like look that's- how wonderful I am, and right. Look how mm. I sacrificed my safety, and I took my mm. own time and money to yes. be in this third world place and help these poor children. What would they do without me? You're welcome, mm. little so African upset. baby. Okay. All of that um, whole story that you just told me. Okay. That is so, right. <laughs> so mind you, these are both coaches. These are coaches. This these are random. both coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a man <laughs> coaching women <laughs> <laughs> who has not done his work. Who are these women? Y'all, can you please call us? <laughs> right. No, you know what? That was my thought too, because I'm sitting here like nope. They have all been traumatized in this. <laughs> is that no for real? Like we need to work on some um empowerment work. Mm, that, that's what shout out Angelina Lewis as well, man. She's out there yeah. doing it. And, and, and then, do that. She doesn't run that. This white woman, uh, continue, Dan. I don't want to. Yeah. So, so no, you, you <laughs> can all take deep okay. breaths. So, so, so you lis- listeners, experience. follow with me. Follow with yes. me. Come right. with me follow Dan down this <laughs> road right now. Take their hiatus for a moment. <laughs> so, so here's the other part that that I actually needed to work into social cohesion, and um, I'm actually not going to name names. I'm still friends with this guy, and he's learning, and I love, I do love him to pieces. But it did raise an interesting point with me because this is something else that I had heard as a mantra in the personal development industry and something that I heard for a while. And it's, it ties into the whole thing of tolerance for everything and loving everything and acceptance and unconditional love and all that stuff. And I was talking to him about, he, he'd invited me along to a personal development event. And I, I will say, I love this guy to pieces and I actually feel bad telling this story. So if this dude's listening, so I'm gonna share it with him. If you're listening, man, love. So he invited me along to a personal development industry, uh, to an event, sorry. And it was actually with a guy that I used to be connected with on Facebook a while back. And this guy's big. He goes to Russia, he goes to China, he goes all over the world doing talks. Another, another TR trainer. And, um, <laughs> and I, I, I said, you know what, dude? I really appreciate it. That's really kind of you for inviting me. Thank you, but I don't, I'm not going to go. And he was put it back. He was like, why? Why would you not? Because, you know, this guy's big news. I'm like, it's because I know that I, I know his message. I've heard him speak before. He's great. But I also understand that his values are exactly why I do what I do. 
I'm not going to feel comfortable in that space. I'm not even going to be able to fake it for long enough to feel comfortable in that space. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be cynical as fuck the entire time. And so it would actually be a waste of your ticket to give it to me. He asked me why I just said, basically that, that stuff that he talks about and that value base that he has is complicit to white supremacy. And I don't condone that. I can't condone that. And it's not in, that's again why I do what I do. His response, which again, I'd heard many times before was, well, you know, sometimes I think with these things, it's always good to try and understand people before you pass this judgment on them. And my response to that was, it's amazing how often people have said this to me with the assumption that apparently because I am judging someone or because I'm saying something's racist, I don't understand it. When you're sitting in front of someone who's not only lived on the receiving end of it, who's experienced it, but also has actually looked at it and studied it for a number of years. So I find it fascinating that I can say this, right, about that area. And you wouldn't question that, but you question me. And that's another thing when people, when people do that, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe you should have a, open up a conversation with them, talk to them, maybe understand them. And I'm like, what makes you think that people don't? What makes you think that people haven't? Maybe the reason they're so fired up is because they understand it. it very well and it fires them up how well they understand this. So, you know, I... it's like, it's that whole thing as well. My Y'all can't see me right now. Yeah, I, feel, I feel for you both. <laughs> I really do. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like rubbing my on. head. I got a pen just on her temple. Stab myself. So this is how. <laughs> this is how my brain is processing it, right? Because I no longer have the capacity to intellectualize this conversation. Because it, because this is the area when things get super emotional. Like this, yeah. this is where mm. things. Like I get really upset. So, <laughs> so you just describe this, you know, like this kind of uh, experience where people will be like, "Oh, you should talk to them." Like, mm-hmm. get a, and my brain. <laughs> went to like have you watched any love and hip hop have you watched, <laughs> have you watched any basketball lives you do not anytime someone says you should go talk to them talk it's to just them. a fight breaks out like an all out fight breaks out all the time. Just have to be grabbing people pulling people apart this is mm-hmm. not a good plan stop mm-hmm. <laughs> recommending <laughs> like seriously this is how this is how ang- upset i am that my brain is like saving itself by giving me like this like love yeah, yeah. loving hip hop <laughs> yeah 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 no, absolutely I go for it Trudy. Go when for i watch it. that everyone now knows <laughs> it's fine we all need our <laughs> thing cool. and you, okay no one um, else you know what though but i think that's like it's cool we don't we you know what we will we don't have to intellectualize <laughs> this right now because i'm i'm just mad all like, the ways exactly like my thing is also this like so I, as per usual, as the person sitting on the receiving end of supremacy and oppression, have to seek out the oppressor to understand them. Right. But at no point is it their responsibility to mm-hmm. try to understand me, mm-hmm. which that statement in and of itself is simply reinforcing <laughs> white supremacist ideology. Yeah, literally. And, and somehow what? Like, I'm, I am such a, like, I think about it in in the way right again language like the way that people of color are talked about like i am so remedial i'm so basic i am not evolved enough emotionally or intelligently so i must not understand it Mm -hmm. and to be honest as soon as you started talking about this experience and you said it in the beginning the first thing i thought about in the coaching industry is when white women have the fucking audacity to tell me that if i just understood victim consciousness better oh my god that i wouldn't feel the way that i do about it 
fuck you. <laughs> like, it, I don't have the ability to intellectualize it because that is literally my feeling. Mm. Every time I hear it, I'm like, yo, fuck you. I'm mm. beyond being like mad smart. Mm-hmm. I actually do this. So your statement in and of itself is saying, is telling me that you don't think that I know what I'm talking about. Exactly. You don't think that I'm intelligent enough to read up, up on it. Mm-hmm. You clearly don't listen to the podcast because we've talked about it before. We've also had other people come on who are experts in it to talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Like you're literally telling me that I'm not allowed to have the feelings that I have. And if I do, it's just because I'm so basic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's blaming, you're blaming they're blaming you for it. It's that whole like right. thing about racism. It's literally diversity and inclusion. Like if you just came over and did it the way that I'm already doing it yeah, exactly. so that I don't have to change the way that I do things or Precisely. I don't have to like evolve, you know, my practice or my belief system, then, you know, it would be fine. You would be included over here if you just did it the way that I'm already doing it mm-hmm. versus, oh, yo, maybe we should actually listen to the voices of the marginalized as they tell us about their experience. And maybe in line with social cohesion, we should evolve or alter the ways in which we do things to be actually yeah. equitable and actually be considerate of all of these other marginalized identities and experiences. Mm-hmm. Now, how dare we make that demand though? Okay, my brain is ready to work again. Okay, cool. I know. Okay. I'm like, I had okay. my rant. You had your rant. Yeah. We can put our hats back on. Yeah, my yeah. brain is ready to work again. And so, like, I guess the place where I would push back a little bit is that I. The reason that I'm not ready to kind of throw away diversity, equity, and inclusion, particularly the equity part, right? Because Mm -hmm. equity actually is this idea of unequal distribution of resources and like the differentiated way of doing things so that people get to the same place, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that actually... And, and people who are who are doing diversity by counting people are just doing it wrong. Like they, you know, they think they they're doing it, but they're not actually doing it. Hundred um, percent. So the reason that I'm I'm saying that is that I actually think that diversity, true equity and inclusion work is actually the pathway to social cohesion. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I see it as like I see that. I see those things as the work that needs to happen in order for us to get there. Because mm-hmm. I don't trust that people are ready to grasp what social cohesion actually is yet and they need like the baby steps to get there you know interestingly enough i think equity work is different than diversity and work it is it is no it's it's different work yeah 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 yeah. but to me in my brain that's why like i find fault with the language of diversity inclusion and like i always will try to say like equity work equity work yeah i I always say that too, but in yeah. companies, they usually combine. Right, 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 right. No, I know. I'm, this is more so for listeners because right. I know where, you, where y'all yeah. stand. Sorry. So for listeners, like, I just really want to break that down because what, what Trudy is, is, is saying is that diversity and inclusion, the ide- ideologies in and of themselves are not to be thrown away, right? They are the stepping blocks that are necessary to get to the social cohesion summit. However, the way in which they are currently used is, is completely wrong, right? Like it's not being done right. It's, it's just all of the original problems we've already discussed. But so that's, that's why you'll hear people say things like, yes, businesses will say like diversity, inclusion, I think, but I think that businesses that are now adding equity work into that sentence or that framework, it's because they've realized that diversity and inclusion, the way that it is, it is actually practiced in businesses is wrong 
right? Yeah. Right. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. And so now they're trying to like pick up that extra piece. And because we don't have language or we don't have ideologies to replace those things, they've added on equity because like, mm-hmm. I think about like when I was in Atlanta or when I was in St. Louis and Ferguson, like equity is not even a concept. Like equity is not something that is considered in diversity and inclusion work, obviously mm-hmm. because it's not being done right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why when I, when I look at it, I'm like, yes, they are the stepping stones. But to me, yeah. it's like you have diversity, you have inclusion, like those are still not currently being done properly. No. And then you're, and then you're like, oh, the next step is like, we actually need to be doing equity work. Now you might still be using the language, right? So literally, I just, I'm gonna make this connection because it just came to my brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Diversity is allyship, inclusion is co-conspiratorship, and equity is accompliceship. Right. And if you get to a point where you are really performing your accompliceship, your equity right, you are equitable, then you are on the road to working towards woke. And working towards woke is the process to social cohesion. Drop mic. Bam. You are so smart, Weez. Oh my God, we are so smart. We're so good at that. You're so good. Um, Yeah, I I love this idea of social cohesion being the goal, being also, and I think the potential for it because because of the implications on things that are not just about identity, but like those other things that I mentioned before, like around politics, around education, around environmental issues, around like all kinds of things. Mm. Um, It could really be you know, if it's, if it's, if we embrace it, like it could be um, a real transformational process just in the way that we live and kind of like do all kinds of things. Yeah. So what I've been, I've been holding on to this um, for, for a bit because I really, I wanted to, you, you talked about steps and you talked about, um, you know, it crosses so many things. It does start with recognizing that there is strength in everyone. And there is, there is ability in everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, had three, I had three steps brought together for social cohesion as an action, not just as a theory or as an end goal, but actually as an action that everyone can take. Lay it on us. And the starting point, they're, they're, they're quite basic, but at the same time, I think this speaks to what, what's, what we can do to get to that goal. First of all, it starts with you, of course, every single time. It starts with you. If your concern is about you know, not being at your best yet or not being ready perhaps to take on this big diversity inclusion message or this big social cohesion message, then cool. Maybe there's some work you need to do with yourself. Focus on you. Get that work done in yourself so that you are comfortable to a point where you can start to be considerate of other people because maybe you're just at a point where you haven't considered yourself enough. That's step one, right? The next part is, just as you said earlier, Trudy, then introducing other people into that space where you're ready to be considerate of other people and humanize other people, right? And then of course you have greatness, you have strengths working as a team, right? 35% financial performance increase. Then it goes from community into a global thing. It goes into a big global thing wherein we have more people who are different working together as a unit of the human race to actually achieve. Now, of course, you think, what are we trying to achieve? In my head, with the way that things are at the moment, we, we kind of actually need to go in a bit of survival mode, I'm not going to lie, because of the way that we're treating the planet, the way we're treating each other. But then actually, it would be to survive and thrive, which means yeah. that ultimately, we are preserving life. And that's with a capital L. That's what we're doing, right? We are thriving, but we are preserving ourselves Because there is, 
in a way I feel there's no point in us doing all of this stuff if it's for nothing. There's no point in us doing all of these things if it comes to no fruition, because we'll, we'll have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, etc. We have legacies to leave. We have, you know, notes to leave. We have so many things that we can achieve as people. And I think it starts, it does start with you, if that's where you're comfortable starting. If you feel like you've got your strengths together, cool. Get a team together or bring it into your business, bring it into your team and make it happen. And if you've got a business or a community that is really together and working on it, take that around the world. Take it around the world. And I will say there are actually companies that are doing this already. They've got a genuine social cohesiveness in their business. And they, they've actually got it on their website when they talk about what is currently named as diversity inclusion. They say, it's not an agenda. We don't put it as a target. It's not a strategy. It is what we do. It is integral to our business model. And that is how we achieve what we achieve in the way that we do it. That's how we do it. But the, also what it sets as the tone, because I also take on, again, the unconditional lovers, the tolerant people, the people who say, I don't see color, the people who are like, I don't care what you, you know, what you put in your mouth, I just don't want it near me and all this stuff. The lowest bar, the lowest bar that accepts a kind of socially cohesive idea or action is a person's humanity. The moment you cross that line of a person's humanity, that ain't about it. And I think that needs to be, I actually think that needs to be set anyway. Humanity needs to be a, the lowest bar that we are reaching here because that's the part that's being, well, has been and is still being ripped from people that is not allowing them to have the same opportunities, to have the same chances, to even have the same, the, the, just the, the opportunity to just have the life they want. It is people's humanity. And that's what I want to really set as the bar. That is it. You do not cross that line. And if you want to know what it means to cross the line of humanity, then you better start listening. You better start understand what your own humanity feels like. And when you feel it's being taken away and then understand how you could do that to someone else. So social cohesion has those three areas, but it also has a limit, which also suggests that while it might be a thing that's very all encompassing, I've already set the, the bar on, you know, there are people who can be socially cohesive, but actually there are people who won't be. And they're not, they're, if, if we start to create this, this environment where we've got people working and performing that much better and having that much more happiness and greatness in their life, then actually it sends a message of, we're doing so great because we did this thing here, right? We were doing this work. If you want to continue with your hate, with your vitriol, with that anger that apparently has no end, that has unlimited stamina, cool. But we're over here winning, getting it, being about it. When you're ready to join us, please do. But again, it starts with you. It starts with step one, but we'll be over here. So it's not like, you know, I'm saying, oh, let's be tolerant of everyone. Yeah, let's just be, let's just try and open conversation with everyone. Nah, no, humanity is the, the, the lowest bar that we get to. And we cross that line, you're out, it's done. All of the world's problems eradicated. Cool, we're done, guys. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Go team. <laughs> this is great. Dan, thank yeah. you. Yes. No, thank you. Thank you. This is an absolute honor. It really is. Where, uh, you're welcome. Uh, where, where can the people find you, follow you, look into you? So um, at the moment, you can find me on Twitter, although I'm, I'm kind of getting, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with that. But I'm, I'm actually on Instagram the most, right? And what I do there, just so everyone gets an idea of what I do, follow me on Instagram and I ask questions. That's the starts with you. That's step one. Every day I ask you a question. I don't need your comments. I don't need your likes. You can if you want, but I'm not asking for them. What I'm asking for you to do is 
do the work and answer those questions to yourself. And every day is a new question. Every day is a different question, right? It's about self-exploration. It's about just finding yourself in those questions and maybe even looking again and exploring the perspectives of other people that you may not have come into contact with. So that would be the best place to come around me because, I mean, that's where I'm going to be sharing this. (laughs) And that's where all this is going to happen. So, yeah, that would be the one for sure. All right. And your name on Instagram is? Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, uh, did you say yeah, your I didn't, I didn't say it, did I? Instagram, uh, at the only other Dan. Someone yeah, I'm glad you said that because, only yeah. other Dan. The only other Dan. There you go. And to be clear, you will not find him on Facebook. You just absolutely won't that. find me on Facebook. Just don't, because don't a lot of our listeners are in our podcast group. They'll go on Facebook immediately. It's just IG, Twitter post. Yeah. We'll post the link to Dan's Instagram, Instagram in the Facebook will. group. Thanks, guys. Thanks, You're welcome. Dan. Thank you for coming and spending spending your time with us. Your your oh, Thursday yeah. evening for you. I yeah. really appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thank you All so right, y'all. much. All right, y'all. We will see you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 44 of That's Not How That Works. We hope you enjoyed it and that you learned something new. If you're a fan of the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It will help people find us. And if you want to engage with us even more, join us in the Facebook group or you can follow us on Instagram at Not How That Works. And remember, y'all, next time someone says, there are too many white people in this picture. Maybe we should rent a minority. You tell them, that's not how that works.